Welcome to the Truth Be Known podcast, bringing you the objective truth boldly, candidly, and without apology. Welcome to this week's episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Truth Be Known podcast. I'm Nathaniel Jolly. And I am Eki Tepsapornshai. Well, uh, brother, it's good to see you again this week, as always. And uh, it's especially fun during this time of the year, because w- w- what's your temperature there in California today? Oh, <laughs> it's um, at the moment, it is 91 degrees. 91 degrees. Uh, the yeah. temperature at my house currently is 30 degrees. <laughs> wow. Um, wow. And we have already had our first snowfall. Um yeah. So uh, we woke up the other day and it was snowing and it was wow. a little early even for us here uh, where I'm at in Alaska. But anyway, uh, all that to say, for multiple reasons, I am happy I do not live in California. Um, <laughs> the weather is the least of those, but it's still it's still 90 degrees is tough anyway. Well, I tell you what, where I'm at, where I'm at, we um, we, we hardly get rain. And, um, and and this year, the only at least the only rainstorm I can remember required a hurricane to come through Southern California. Um, so only when a hurricane comes through, do we actually get rain out here? Yeah, that's tough. Well, I know guys are already like, come on, you guys don't normally do this whole bantering in the front. Just get on with it. So we'll get on with it. Yep. Um, we, we've been going through the Ten Commandments, which I think has been very good, really, even just for me. Um, you know, we know the Ten Commandments. Uh, we, we've we've studied them. We've walked through them at some stage, especially us as pastors. Um, but we don't always get to go back and do a deep dive like we've been doing. And you know how it is with things in the Christian faith. You know the material, you know the passages, and then as you grow and mature in your faith, you go back to them, and God just uh, reveals uh, more depth, right? Uh, connects passages that were always connected yeah, before right. you just maybe missed or overlooked or whatever. Um, and, and I think especially in our culture, it, you know, the Ten Commandments just – I more so than ever in my life are are ignored culturally because we no longer have a moral culture, right? right. Um, even non-believers at one stage uh, were fine with the Ten Commandments in our country largely because they were just kind of the moral standard um, of you know America. And of course, you know, I think John MacArthur recently um, uh, made a good statement at the last Puritan conference, uh, at least a good evaluation of our current climate in america and he made the statement that we're we're a pagan nation now um pagan 2.0 i think he called it um Mm. and and that's and that's really true i believe as well and and that's gonna be interesting because we every one of these commandments we've seen uh that they go against the grain of our current culture and we're on the ninth one today and that's no different let me read that for us Uh, So, of course, we're in Exodus 20, and the commandment is, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. And instantly, everyone that hears that who's been paying attention can think of just a plethora of examples uh, of how we've seen that violated over the last few years, right? Um, Everything from what's been said about Supreme Court justice picks uh, to every time we're in the political season, we see that from all sides. Um, and unfortunately, with the sort of, I, I, it's not a new movement, but uh, the the movement of critical race theory and social justice and things having really crept into the church in unique, different ways, we've seen a lot of violations of this commandment, yeah. e- even yeah. in that. Um, yeah. So, it, is it really a big deal? It's basically just lying, right? I mean, this is the command we look to and we say, you know, kind of don't lie is the gist of the commandment. But wh- why is that really a big deal if I just tell a little white lie? Yeah, well, lying is a sin. Um, God is truth, and and we are to speak truth. But, you know, I, I think a lot of the sins that um, that man can be tempted to often come out in this way, bearing false witness. Um, there's a lot of ways why reasons why people will bear false witness. And, and a lot of it, we, you know, we think, first of all, of a courtroom. Um, someone coming in and uh, providing false testimony, either to convict someone or to get someone off of uh, an accusation. 
um, which is um, that that's twisting of justice, right? Um, and and so we, we understand in a courtroom setting why that's wrong, but <clears throat> in a day to day basis, there's a lot of selfish reasons why people do this, and and it could be both willing as well as um, unintentional, right? So yeah. I mean, sometimes people are just um, you know you mentioned uh, critical race theory and. What I think we have found in a lot of our conversations again with people that that kind of fit that uh, that that school of thinking, uh, I, I try to always be for anyone that watches me on Twitter. I try to always be very careful about not assuming the motivations or intentions of the person I'm speaking mm-hmm. to. But often it doesn't it doesn't take long for the other person to do that to me right there they're saying well you 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 just you just care about the money you're just uh, you know you're just trying to uphold uh white privilege you're, you're just trying to keep women suppressed you're trying to cover up um you know sexual abuse at your church i mean there's all kinds of just really silly stupid accusations that that have come my way and and even now in particular there's one individual who um is kind of a one-trick pony is always harping on the fact that um, a pastor who earns a salary, right? Um, and uh, and because I'm a pastor who earns a salary, I can't be trusted. And you know the things I say is just to make money and whatnot. And and it all betrays the fact that the whole reason why I was qualified for this position to begin with is because of the convictions that I developed mm-hmm. out of Scripture, and and because of the testimony at um, at, at the previous church I was at. Um, but yeah, yeah. So th- this is a this is a big deal because it's um it it. it shows the sins of the heart it's a distortion of justice it, it paints people in the wrong kind of picture it's very selfishly driven it hurts others um and uh, and and in this society when we look around at politics um we can see how people are constant and, and this is happening in both directions don't get me wrong this happens in both directions where um people are slandered before the facts can be known um and so th- this yeah. is there's all kinds of issues uh, with this yeah. And, it, you know, when I think about that, I, I think it, if I were to answer the question, why is this such a big deal? I, I would say, um, first and foremost, it lying is a big deal. Bearing false witness is a big deal because the, the greatest offense comes from the fact that the tongue made by God was meant and purposed to glorify him and to edify others. Yeah. Um, and rather than doing that, which would be that which is good, we use it for evil. And, and so we're taking that which God has purposed to, to, to bring good and to bring glory to him and to edify others. And, and rather, instead of doing that, we're doing evil with it. Um, and, and that's a significant offense, right? W- when we just think of that. And you're right. There are a lot of different ways. Um, that, you know, I th- we read this passage and you're right. The immediate understanding would be uh, that of in, in a courtroom kind of setting, right? Um, you, you've got, uh, you're talking about bearing false witness against someone. So, uh, someone gets t- brought into a court and, uh, you know, witnesses are asked uh, to give testimony. And yeah, and and that's the prominent thing, but it's not the only way we can bear false witness. Um, you, you mentioned slander, right? Um, lying, slander, false testimony, gossip, twisting people's words, even attributing motives, right? It, it, which is a form of slander, um, if it's not true, especially um, break this commandment. And it's also a big deal, humanly speaking, because especially if you think of all of history up until the days of modern technology, mm-hmm. bearing false witness could mean the difference between someone's life yeah. or whether they lost their life. In fact, you go to chapter 17 of Deuteronomy, uh, where we have the rightful administration of justice, right? Uh, in that passage, verse 6 reads this way. It says, on the evidence of two witnesses or three witnesses, he who is to die shall be put to death. He shall not be put to death on the evidence of one witness. Um, and, and so this was quite a big deal. Uh, now, we, we've got modern technology now, so we can do DNA testing and fingerprinting. And those become a form of witness, right? Um, in and of themselves, at times I've had people argue uh, because I take the stance that you, no one should ever be accused based on one witness. Um, but don't, I really don't care what the accusation is. Yeah. Um, but we have other things that would prove to be witnesses too, right? Forensics uh, and that sort of thing. But they didn't have those for most of world history, mm-hmm. um, and so it was significant. We even we we see this played out. Um, 
yeah, I, I want to say beautifully, it's a beautiful example of a tragic situation in Pilgrim's Progress, right? You come to Vanity Fair, and if you're familiar with Pilgrim's Progress, um, you've got uh, Christian and who was it? Faithful, I think, uh, at Vanity Fair. And, you know, of course, they weren't interested in the world's goods. And so they get drug into the court in Vanity Fair and the judge uh, asks for witnesses. And so all these witnesses in the book stand up and they say, yeah, I've known him for a long time. Hmm. And you're like, you just met him two days ago, Um, you know, and and they 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 bear false witness, which ultimately leads to Faithful's death uh, in in the book. Um, And certainly in real life, that has too. And so. It has in one stage um, meant more than uh, just an offense against God, which that's the first offense and the greatest one, but then secondarily could have meant the life or death of a person. Now, that's still true. How many people have lost their livelihoods today in our world because of false accusations? We've seen a lot of that just in the recent years. Yeah, this is the... And if you go back to the beginning, this is the M.O. of Satan. I mean, think about Satan's original question to Eve right there in the garden. Has God really said? And when Eve confirmed that, yeah, yeah we're going to we're going to die um, if we if we take from that the fruit of the tree and eat of it. Um, and he said, you will not die. You know, you know, so from the very beginning, he was actually slandering God. He, he was he was calling God a liar, um, slandering God. And when you think about Jesus Christ going to the cross, it was the same thing. Um, false accusations. In fact, um, I'm looking at Matthew chapter 26, and uh, starting in verse 57, it says, Those who had seized Jesus led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were gathered together. But Peter was following him at a distance as far as the courtroom of the high priest um, and entered in, sat down at the offices to see the outcome. Now, the chief priests and the whole council kept trying to obtain false testimony against Jesus. Now, now that's that's a big statement. Um, it's not that they were trying to collect data or they were trying to find out the truth about what happened. It says they kept trying to obtain false testimony so that they might put him to death. And verse 60 says they did not find any, even though many false witnesses came forward. But then later on, two said, and, and they quoted his statement about um, destroy the temple and I re- will rebuild it in three days. And so they end up um, using that to accuse Jesus Christ uh, of blasphemy which the irony is um, they were blaspheming Christ and Christ was the one actually speaking the truth about himself. So this is the modus operandi of of Satan himself. And even when I think about uh, the news that has hit recently about the Pfizer CEO um, Mm -hmm. has been quoted as saying that the the, the vaccine, the mRNA vaccine wasn't actually tested to to see whether it um, it actually um, prevent someone from getting the COVID-19 virus or not, um, which is huge because th- there's been several screenshots to that um, early on that said that they have seen in testing that is 100% effective in preventing people from getting the virus. And, and so wh- what's been the outcome of that? Yeah. Um, because we're seeing more and more reports of, of young boys um, getting uh, myocarditis uh, as young men tend to be more prone uh, to that. Um, so th- that's bearing false testimony and really for the, uh, for the motive of profit, yeah. um, just wanting to make money, which is often the case. I mean, we, we know it in advertisements. Uh, we know it in political campaigning. Uh, we, we know it uh, whenever we, we come up against uh, a salesman and hearing them pitch us. And then I know when I was in the IT world, uh, sometimes you would see a salesman with one company and then the next year he leaves that company, goes to a rival company. And now he's giving you the same pitch, except from the other side saying, we've got the best product and you shouldn't buy that product and whatnot. And we knew it was all it was all just a game, but um, the, the the damage is this: your witness as a Christian. People need to know you as someone who is going to speak honestly, and and also this: we we have a responsibility to not um, not pretend like we know more than we really do, and that's a hard one. I mean, I've I've been guilty of it many times, but this this goes into the you know you're debating someone and uh, you, you don't like their position. And then you start to presume without any kind of evidence um, what their motives are. And, and that that becomes very dangerous because if you're wrong, you're you're guilty before God uh, of slander. Um, so you, you want to be careful about very careful about what you say. And even if even if you're right um, to the point that you made that you want to be sure that there's more than one witness, even if you're right, um, wait until you have some evidence before you actually make those kinds of statements. Um, so. So we're we're being watched by the public, and I think this is one that people um, can spot pretty quickly. 
And, uh, and this is something that people should not be able to see in our testimony. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's very interesting. And, you know, by the way, we're told that we're going to give an account for every word we speak. Right. Um, and, and so it, it is kind of a, a sobering thought to think one day we're going to stand before God and yeah. everything you typed, everything you said to someone, everything you said not to someone, uh, everything you typed on Twitter, Facebook, or whatever, you're going to give an account for that uh, before the Lord. Um, it, you know, you were talking about Pfizer and that kind of thing. And just to make the point here is, you know, w- what you believe about all that is really irrelevant. And that's not what we're talking about. Right, uh, the, right. the the point is that now the people who uh, it, you know own these companies are in, in charge of things are making statements that reveal that they lied previously, um, yeah. and and were to be people of the truth, um, and so we we've just got to take that for what it is and recognize it and and this is one of those things where in one of those cases where um, very practically I mean here's a good practical. Um, application point for believers, uh, no matter where you were um, in in your belief about those things, now the truth has come out. And so if you have any integrity, you know, you may have to change your view uh, because you love truth. Right. Um, And and so we need to do that. Now, it's interesting. You you talked about the the nature of Satan, and I think that's very important. I I think we've done a podcast before on lying, uh, if I recall correctly. I've run a couple polls before, and I've asked the question, something along the lines of, is lying always sin? Uh, the answer is uh, undoubtedly yes. Uh, and I, I, I mentioned earlier when we started, I threw white lie out there just to see if we would catch it, um, that we would yeah. pick it up. There's no such thing as a white lie, right? right? Lying is sin. There's no such thing as a white sin. Um, and what's very interesting is you're talking about uh, Satan. And th- I mean, not only did he accuse God of being a liar, as you rightfully stated, and then he lied to Adam and Eve or Eve, at least there. Uh, presumably, Adam was there as well. Um, but then you have Jesus himself reaffirming that in the book of John. You go to John chapter 8, 44 and 45. Let me read that for us. I mean, this is this is our Lord speaking of the nature and character of Satan. So if you ever had any question as to whether there was ever a scenario where lying is okay, just listen to this. Jesus says, speaking to the Pharisees, he says, you are of your father, the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning, and he does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. And then there's this great statement of contrast in 45. He says, but because I speak the truth, you do not believe me. Yeah. Right. That, that's that's amazing. Right. I mean, because he's saying that the reason why you don't believe is because I speak the truth. And, and he's talking to people who, whom he's saying are children uh, of the devil. And that's Ephesians chapter two, verses one to three. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you walked after the course of this world and the prince of the power of the air. Prior to putting your faith into the Lord Jesus Christ, prior to being put into the family of God, you were sons of disobedience. You were children of wrath. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And so, and so, no, it's never okay. And, you know, we can never judge morality, biblical morals and biblical ethics based on circumstances. That That's the backwards way to do that, right? We get worked up emotionally about something. And so, therefore, it's easy to justify some sin rather than trusting God. I'm going to give any examples um, because I don't want to upset anyone, but uh, that's not the way to do it, right? Lying is the character and nature of Satan period. God is the God of truth. Christ is the Christ of truth. The Bible is a book of truth, and the Christian faith is a faith founded upon the truth, right? Our very salvation is dependent upon the truth. Um, And and so, not only are we not to bear false witness, but lying in any shape or form, because ultimately, it's all bearing false witness, right? If you speak an untruth, you're bearing false witness against the truth itself, in fact, um, you mentioned that Ephesians passage. It's really interesting in Ephesians two. You know, Paul talks about the state of our being before we became Christians. You get down in chapter four, and it's interesting because here he's talking about really the contrast between um, the unbeliever and the believer. And in verse twenty four, he's telling us to put on the new self. Uh, just before that, the verse or two before that, he says to lay aside the old self. 
And then he starts addressing a few sins. The very first one he addresses is lying. He says, therefore, lay aside falsehood, speak truth, each one of you with his neighbors, for we are members of one another. And, you know, I can't help but to um, wonder if that sin that he lists first, I mean, he could list a lot of sins. Now, I, I'm this. This is just I'm supposing, right? Um, but certainly, that list there are all things that are common to man, right? They're common in the Ephesian church. There, it, it's a common way of life before because we're children of wrath, following after mm-hmm. the prince of the power of the air. Therefore, naturally, our disposition is to be liars. And Paul says, "You've been saved. You've now learned Christ. Um, put on the new self. Therefore, because you have a new self, right?" Stop yeah. lying. Um, so it really is a a, a a big issue. And in our culture, you're right. I mean, I had, um, and we've all been guilty of this. And so I don't think anyone should, um, you know, try to elevate themselves to the status of yeah. being near perfect in this, because I would wager that every one of us has assumed a wrong motive uh, at some stage, mm-hmm. yeah. right? It's very easy to do in the in, in the social media culture we have today. Um, you have just uh, a little bit of what someone says. You apply uh, the wrong tone to their what they've typed in their 240 yeah, right. characters or whatever it is these days, um, it, which is why I hate uh, tone police because you get it wrong uh, all the time in text. You, you have no idea. I, I mean, sometimes there are clear clues, right, if you're using foul language and things like that. But oftentimes there are no um, s- solid clues enough to just say carte blanche, this is the tone in which that person is speaking. And so then, based on whether you think they said something a- out of anger or not, y- you attribute a-, a motive to them, um, which is slander if you're wrong, which would be a violation of this commandment. And so we got to kind of pull that back and just deal with what's being said, um, what facts we have. Um, I just had a discussion with someone on Twitter over this very thing, uh, in fact, uh, impugning motives. And to the person's credit, um, you know, in the end, uh, you know, they said, okay, well, actually, yeah, okay, I can see that I understand. Uh, I, I don't agree with the method, but, you know, you, yeah. you're right about that. And and I think that was an admirable position to take. Uh, and I appreciated mm-hmm. that. Um, I had called someone to repentance. And, um, it, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, I, I even spent a few moments before I even typed out uh, the person who was a sexual deviant of some sort. I can't remember exactly what they had in their bio, but it was in their bio. So it's like, I mean, I had factual evidence, right? Yeah, right, right. Um, I spent a few minutes genuinely praying for this person before mm-hmm. I posted that. And, and I posted a call to repentance specifically around uh, the sexual deviation because that's what they're publicly displaying so you know that at the very least uh, there's that um and people didn't like that um but i was genuinely sincere wasn't out of anger wasn't out of hatred and i think how often have i done that with other people uh, myself mm. right um and, and i'm sure that i have and so i i think you know when we think of these passages uh, we think of the ten commandments we think first of it's like david you know david sinned and he cried and he said oh, you know against you and you alone lord have i sinned um i I think that's the attitude we need right um if we can't be accountable uh of our sin before god we're not going to care about sinning against man um and so really to come back to having a high view of god right a a low view of man um and not just looking at the ten commandments as a list of do's and don'ts uh, but we serve a holy god right um and yeah yeah, we do. And I, I think of Jesus, Matthew chapter 12, he said, uh, talking to the Jewish uh, leader said, you brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak what is good for the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart. And that's the other issue with with bearing false witness. It's it, it's reflective of our motives in the heart and, and what we're trying to gain um, just uh, just by lying. And verse 35, the good man brings out of his good treasures that which is good. The evil man brings out of his evil treasure what is evil. But I tell you that every careless word that people speak, they, they shall give an account for it in the day of judgment. For by your words, you'll be justified and by your words, you will be condemned. 
And um, as we said, you know, we've we've all fallen into that trap where we said something that was untrue about someone else. And and hopefully when you discover that to be true, you ask for forgiveness, you repent of that. Um, but unfortunately, I think even when you go onto social media, you will see certain individuals, and I'm not going to name names, but there are certain individuals where I have said over and over again, you will know them by their fruit. And they're very quick um, to um, to uh, assign false motives and, and to speak the worst of people. And, and that's the that, that's really the, the the culture today, and especially with the mainstream media and, and the way people get uh, get slammed. And even, you know, say what you will about whatever your opinion is of um, of President Donald Trump. You know, there was that whole Russian collusion thing about his voting, the Steele dossier, and and it was never true. It, there, there wasn't a shred of evidence for it. And yet for the better part of four years, we kept hearing over and over again um, that, that those things happened. Now, on the other side, someone might say, well, you know, Trump is turning this around and talking about how there's, you know, there the, that the voting was was skewed and, and that he was cheated and whatnot. And uh, you can make arguments in both both directions. My point being that we see it very prevalent in the culture. And, and even in the justice system, when we rule with mob justice, you know, the mobs uh, want to see a verdict that fits their narrative and, and fit where their anger and passion lies. And they no longer care about what the actual truth of the situation is. Um, so we're seeing a lot of that. And, and it's, it's really just tearing this um, tearing the society apart. Um, and, and it should not be characteristic of the church. But unfortunately, you know, you know, you've been at the SBC meetings and you've seen what what has happened in some of these discussions and the way certain individuals um, ha- have been treated, especially um, Tom and Jennifer Buck. God bless their souls. Um, the way they they've been mistreated and maligned and slandered. Um, this is uh, th- this turns into a tearing of the flesh. I mean, it's it's ugly um, and, and it should just never be characteristic of believers and especially within the house of God. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'll just drill down on that. What exactly is it when we lie about others, when we say things like that? I mean, I think about Tom and Jennifer Buck and the stuff with the SBC. And of course we're no longer an SBC church ourselves, but, um, but we see that still kind of thing all throughout our society. And I think of Proverbs 26, 28 says a lying tongue hates those it crushes and a flattering mouth works ruin um here's a reality when we lie about others when we twist their words um when we slander when we you know uh presume motives and impugn motives and make that public even um it, it becomes a worse compounded sin when you make it public it's one thing to do it in your heart and that's also just equally a sin it's a, and it's a different thing to do it publicly but the reality is it, it's a it's hating the people that you're doing that against um and, yeah, and it's right. it's ironic that the, the the groups of people in our current society that claim to be the most loving and accepting and cherishing and uh, are really some of the most hateful people you can find um mm-hmm. because this is so common now let me say this that was not a political statement that was an us and them statement as in yeah. the believer and the unbeliever we expect the world to do that, right? They follow after the lust of the flesh and of the mind, after the ways of the world, right? The prince of the power of the air. That's how the world is going to operate. We shouldn't be surprised. Um, they're not our enemy because of that. They're our mission field. We've said that oftentimes. But then I want to turn this inward and look at the church, and this is what really breaks my heart how much of the culture in that way we see creeping into the church and even into our own you know camps um very quick to pick a side of people um for instance a political side and all of a sudden it's sort of like you just truth is truth is really important if the other side is not telling it uh, but sometimes we disregard it right if our own side um yeah. and and that just can never be acceptable for the believer right we love the truth um we agree with the truth we want the truth um and uh, we want to confront untruths in those times that are appropriate uh, regardless of where they are but but we should be quick to confront untruths with one another 
in a very loving, gentle way that is seeking reconciliation. I think we've forgotten that. We do it oftentimes in a very harsh way. And and I have to say, I, you know, about a year ago or so, I really had this conviction myself. Um, and so if anyone's been paying attention, my Twitter usage has changed entirely. Um, I just don't engage in a bunch of the stuff I used to engage in. Um, and part of it is because though I wasn't meaning to, I, I discovered I was kind of buying into this sort of um, contentious culture that it creates. Mm-hmm. And um, and I, I just don't want to do that, right? Uh, I don't want to get sucked no. in um, to that. And I think we shouldn't be foolish to believe that we won't um, because it's it's a strong temptation. No one likes to be attacked. No one likes to see others get attacked. Um, but we, we just can't fall into the trap of lying, of slandering, of manipulating, uh, of gossiping. And by the way, for some of you Christians out there, um, you, the way you gossip is by retweeting all this garbage that isn't true. Mm. Um, and I, I'm not saying there isn't a time that we can't do that to expose it and deal with it in a right way. But a lot of it, the only thing you're doing is spreading gossip and, and untruth. Um, and, and your little comment and, and at the top and mine, oftentimes it's irrelevant. You're just spreading untruth to people who, you know, are already on the border or maybe already disinclined to listen to us. Um, and, and so we just need to be wise about that because I think we do those things even unintentionally. <clears throat> yeah, and we want to. One of the other reasons, um, aside from just not lying and bearing false witness and gossiping and slandering also is that, you know, we, we want to be quick to hear, quick to listen, slow to speak. And, and I think one of the benefits of that as well is that when we do speak, um, we want it to matter. I mean, when you get someone who's constantly talking, who's constantly throwing accusations, after a while, it just comes across as noise. I mean, that is just part of the testimony and the reputation that you end up building. But when we speak, we want it to matter. And specifically when we speak, we, we want it to really point to the truth of, of, of the Bible, the, the truth of Jesus Christ, the, the truth of people's need for the gospel. And that's the other thing, too. I was just counseling a, a couple that um, a lot of infighting uh, in this marriage. And, you know, one of the things that I pointed out to them is that, you know, what Satan is trying to do is trying to get is trying to take your attention off of spiritual priorities and put it on all these temporal matters because the more you get caught up in these temporal matters the more you lose sight of the spiritual priorities and uh, so even when people are heartbroken over what's going on with their families and and how certain family members are doing this and that and and the other um sometimes they can forget the fact that you know what those family members first and foremost need christ Right. And so we should be praying for them. We should be looking for opportunities to to, to bring that uh, testimony of Christ to them, that they may know the truth, that they may confess the truth and, and be saved by the truth. And and so that's the other thing. It's um, I think of James and the careless use of the tongue um, and the disasters that um, that it can cause. Um, we, we would all read that and, and fully um, understand that. But I think at the heart of all this, uh, a lot of it, a lot of it at the heart of of slander and bearing false witness is really just selfish motives and ambitions, um, because what we want to do is we want to elevate ourselves and we want to put down other people. You know, so oftentimes bearing false witness um, will will bring about a, a false view of someone else in order that we can look better. And it, it's again, it's one of the oldest uh, methods in the book, and it's it's absolutely evil and it's selfish. Um, it's not loving of one another. And, and I think when we put on the um, the the fruit of righteousness and and we seek to become more like Christ, we we seek to be humble we we seek to be um loving to put others needs uh, above ourselves it is amazing how quickly um bearing false witness just goes out the window yeah you know but it's when we start to get ambitious when we start to think about ourselves and no longer think about other people and just our own selfish motives and desires yeah i mean bearing false witness slandering uh blasphemy becomes a regular part of our our conduct yeah and i think i i mean if we were to hone that down a little bit in, in a particular area that i i see it, it's dangerous for us is uh, let's just talk about the progressive so-called church for a minute um it, it, oftentimes we look at uh, those who hold to liberal theology and things like that and we view them as uh, an enemy uh, as our enemy in particular an enemy to christ an enemy to the truth and um certainly in 
theology that is opposed to the word of God is an error to truth, uh, is an enemy to truth. Certainly, uh, there can be people who are, in fact, an enemy to Christ. And if they're not saved, they are, right, an enemy of Christ. Um, but but I think it, just in line with what you're saying and to the point is when we engage with those people who clearly, irrespective of what they say, do not know Christ, are we engaging with them with the attitude that hopes they'll come to see the truth and be saved and be one of us? Or are we just wanting to win the argument? Win the argument. With no care of their soul, right? And I think if that's our attitude, it makes it all the easier to slip into slander. And I mean, you can slander a heretic, right? I mean, just attribute something that's not true or that you don't know. Um, Again, we see this with motives all the time. Um, I don't know. We just let me throw Benny Hinn out there um, because I I I know least about his character, at least than some others. Um, I know his teaching is false. I know his teaching is against God's word, God's truth. Uh, He is a heretic by definition. Um, However, I can't tell you what his motives are because I don't know. Mm -hmm. No. You know, someone that's closer to him may be able to speak some truth to what motives are for those things. But here's the reality. I've known people in the charismatic church that actually had good motives, Mm -hmm. and they were still teaching heresy. Um, So, it's just an example of we make these assumptions because of what people say and what they do. Um, But I've I've really been praying that God would give me a, a, a new heart for the increase of those who are buying into all this liberal garbage uh, in terms of liberal theologies, because look, um, who out there do any of us who are truly believers want to see to go to to spend eternity in hell? Who who do we want to see in in hell for all of eternity? The answer, if it's anything other than no one, right, then then there's a heart issue that you're having. Um, Now, we can call a spade a spade. There are appropriate times uh, to even mock false teachers. We see in that scripture, I think we got to be careful with that. Um, there are, we certainly defend the faith. We fight against the truth. Um, you know, we have the whole book of Jude that the, the book was written, the, the letter was written for that, contend for the faith. Um, but you can contend for the faith in a way that has no care or concern at all for the person. Um, but but the gospel came to save people, right? Christ came to save people. God didn't need to defend the truth as such. He could have not created people. Uh, God is not, you know, in the heavens wringing his hands thinking, oh, my goodness, my, my, my truth is going to be hindered. No, his truth is perfectly safe. It's going to last forever. We contend for it here on earth, but we never should do that without the care of the soul of the person we're engaging in. Otherwise, right, we fall into the trap of, I think attributing mo- uh, 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 motives comes first. That's the easiest for those who love God, who are born again, I think, to fall into because it's just easy to make assumptions, right? Yeah. So we got to yeah, be I, careful I, with that. Right. I think of Ephesians uh, 6, 10 to 12, and the call to, um, to, to put on the armor of God. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. So we understand that the spiritual war is exactly that. It's spiritual. So how do we balance that uh, with uh, people who are caring about the, the the schemes of Satan. Well, we understand that Satan uses people. I mean, that's Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 3, that the world is following after Satan and the course of this world. But we understand that these are Satan's schemes. And uh, we do battle against Satan's schemes with the armor of God by revealing truth, um, by revealing uh, using the truth to reveal falsehood, to take every thought captive, um, to discern everything that's uh, being said, especially when it comes to God and, and to biblical truth. And uh, we certainly have to stand firm against the people who are being used to propagate um, evil and to propagate these lies. Um, but at the end of the day, we should have a desire in our heart that that person would repent, that God would do a work in that person heart we should never reach the point where we think that someone does not deserve salvation because in quite in all honesty no one deserves salvation 
right and there yeah. was that uh, recent yeah. tweet by um by uh, by by nat uh, five point nat where she talked about the um i think she used the word um the um uh, the the controversy of the cross or i can't that the, the scandal, scandal the scandal yeah yeah the yeah. scandal of the cross um is that uh, someone like jeffrey dahmer could get into heaven mm-hmm. and M- mother teresa would not and and that stirred up a whole lot of controversy um but she's absolutely right um yeah. you know you you look at the, those two individuals and from a worldly standpoint there is no way you would ever put someone at like a Jeffrey Dahmer ahead of someone like a Mother mm. Teresa. But in the end, we were all deserving of death. And in the end, it's the one who puts their faith into Christ uh, to have died for our sins um, and, to, uh, and and knowing that that is the only way to eternal life. That's the only way to salvation. And Mother Teresa, if you read her memoirs um, going on towards the end of her life, and hopefully this is not going to be controversial for those who hear it, but um I, i'm not i have no confidence that she truly knew that salvation yeah. was by faith alone yeah absolutely and and i you know she made it such an incredible gospel witness in that tweet um and and you're right the, some of the responses were absolutely heartbreaking yeah um i, I mean did have we forgotten what the apostle paul whom we all love so dearly uh, was like before he came to christ yeah. i mean he was a murderer right um you know and uh some of us you know listening have done some atrocious things right um and and so we tend to forget that but you're right it's not a workspace salvation so that no one can boast um and i i you know we're talking about bearing false witness and you brought up jeffrey dahmer and you know how many christians have in fact slandered him yeah ouch Yeah. yeah And and how many people have uh, essentially hoped and wished that someone like that would never go to heaven? Right. right? Yeah. And then isn't that isn't that the issue that Jonah had with God when he went to the Ninevites in the very final chapter? He was livid. He yeah. was angry, and, and he even told God directly. He said, "said I knew that you are a kind and gracious God, and I knew that you were going to yeah. save them." Yeah. Right. You know, and it's funny we we think of God as being this uh, this wrathful God and and judgmental and genocidal kind of god and and yet jonah the prophet the reason the whole reason why he didn't want to go to nineveh is because he knew that god in his in his character was going to save those people he didn't want that right and and we all if we're being honest we all have some jonah in us yeah where we look at certain groups of people and we we think i don't ever want to see them saved yeah and and that when we recognize that in our heart that should come with the harshest Mm -hmm. rebuke yeah. Um, because if we start to judge who's worthy of salvation and who's not, mm-hmm. then guess what? We all deserve to burn in the lake of fire forever and ever, yeah. day and night, yeah. being tormented. Yeah, and there's a big difference between recognizing the, the facts of someone's position and, and what they're teaching and where they are um, and and w- where you desire to see them end up in eternity, right? I have no problem talking about just the the, the absolute evil that is inherent in the LGBTQ movement and in the feminist movement. Uh, those two yeah. particular movements are running our country at the moment. Um, but but you know what? Again, the the people, though they're following after right uh, the ways of the world, the ways of Satan, they're not our enemy. Those are our mission field. Um, and, and I thought about Dahmer, and it, you know, I didn't. I, 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 you know, occasionally read a little bit here and there. Uh, don't know a whole lot about w- what kind of conversations he was having, um, you know, towards the end of his life uh, and those sort of things. But in reality, if he truly repented, yeah, um, then Christ saved him. Yeah. And to say other than that would make you a slanderer yeah. um, against someone who the blood of Christ has been spilt and paid for their sin and that ought to be a wake-up call for every christian so if you don't know it just don't say anything yeah. all we can say is you know um i pray to god that he he did give his life to christ right. right you know because while my sins didn't play out the way his did mine were equally deserving of eternal wrath as his mm-hmm. his had more earthly consequences but they but both of ours share the same eternal consequences without yeah. christ um and so i think it's a bit of a wake-up call for us uh you know who love christ and by all means hate evil you know you go back to ephesians 4 i think it's uh the the one right after 
Paul tells us um, to set aside lying uh, in the next verse or two, he also says, be angry and yet do not sin. And we see there the call for a believer to have righteous anger, Um, but it's righteous anger directed rightly and then the warning comes because you know we're commanded to be angry the the uh, satan's ways is going to try to twist that and take you into being angry in sinful ways and so we have a warning against that there as well uh, let me read a couple of the passages and kind of wrap this up uh, about lying mm. uh, again we talk so much about slander because i think for those listening to our podcast and and for you and i that's probably in our current culture the easiest uh, place to fall Right. Um, Because you can do that in your heart before you ever say anything publicly, right? Impugn someone's motives. You read a text and you just assume that they're sitting there yelling at you. And the reality is they got their feet propped up. They're watching some, you know, cartoon show or whatever. Uh, They're eating a bag of chips and they just casually tweeted something at you, uh, you know, no big deal. And here you are thinking that they're about to throw the phone across the room. Um, you, You just never know. That might be true. But I think the better uh, uh, position for us is to assume the best, right? Yes. Assume yes. the best, right? And when there's evidence to the contrary, then you still deal with it with love and grace and kindness. And, you know, again, you may need to call a spade a spade. That's fine. Um, but even that can be done gracefully. We can contend for the faith in a way that is God honoring. And, and that's right. Colossians 3, whatever you do, do it. Uh, as unto the Lord. Um, Proverbs twelve twenty two. I just want to go back to making the case that lying um, is just in every way antithetical to the character and nature of God and of Christ, and therefore of the believer. Uh, lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, it says. Uh, we read that earlier, but those who deal faithfully are his delight. Proverbs six sixteen. I mean, this is an interesting uh, one. says, there are six things which the Lord hates, Yes, seven, which are an abomination to him, haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that run rapidly to evil. I mean, listen to that list lying yeah. is included with, yeah. right? Murder and lying, same passage, right? Same verse. Um, Proverbs 26, 28, a lying tongue hates those it crushes. We read that again, right? It, it, it's literally a demonstration of hatred in your heart when, when we intentionally lie. I think it's something else when it's unintentional, but when we intentionally twist the truth, manipulate the truth, uh, exaggerate, I mean, that's a form of lying, right? It demonstrates that there's hate in our heart towards that person or that entity, that thing, whatever it is. Um, and so we need to be cautious with that. Any any last thoughts about this commandment? Yeah, it could be tied up. up. I, I, I was just thinking it could also be tied up in, in idolatry. I remember when um, when Aaron in the um, on Mount Sinai created the golden calf, right? He mm. presented the golden calf to Israel and he said, this is Yahweh. Um, he, he gave it the name of the Lord, right? So it could be, and I think about the false prophets of the Old Testament who said, peace, peace, and yet there was no peace. In fact, that, that was um, how the Lord mm. slammed uh, the leaders of Israel, that you are the shepherds, and yet you're not feeding the flock uh, that the real word of God and, and you're um, falsely proclaiming peace when there really is uh, no peace. So you, you can find examples of this all and Ananias and Sapphira. Yeah, Ananias and Sapphira, right? Bore, bore false witness about uh, how much money they actually gave. And note the 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 sin wasn't that they didn't give it all. Mm-hmm. The sin was that they lied about giving it all. Right. So for people recently that have been saying, well, if you're a Christian, you should give all that. You should give all that you have um, because that's what Jesus Christ commands. No, when Jesus Christ was speaking to the rich young ruler, he was expo- exposing his sin of idolatry. Mm-hmm. Right. And and we we see that played out. Ananias and Sapphira, yeah. they were making idols of attention. Um, that's around them. Now, you brought up a good point. Think the best, because it is possible for us to attribute the best motives and that that would be wrong, mm-hmm. um, that that we would find out that those motives were not correct. But I would say from a biblical standpoint, um, we are not sinning by assuming the best until we have evidence mm-hmm. telling us otherwise. Um, just the fact that, uh, you know, the scriptures are pretty clear that we're supposed to get uh, testimony um, to any kind of charge. Um, essentially supports this idea that you are to assume the best until you have evidence otherwise. And so if you do that, um, then I, I think you can stand confidently before God. Now, if you do that and you know that a person has done wrong and you're refusing to acknowledge it, well, then that's sin, right? But um, the default yeah. position um, is always to give people the benefit of the doubt. 
Amen. And and especially with one another, right? I mean, I mean, you yep. just read through, uh, you know, the book of Ephesians, and I, I mean, all throughout Paul's epistles and and the New Testament epistles, we're taught how to deal with one another. Um, and so we need to, especially with one another, yep. even on the, the, the difference of opinions, uh, of opinions in eschatology and, <laughs> it, it, you know, all the stuff that comes up, um, that sometimes can get kind of violent, right? In words, um, are, are we really assuming the, the, the best of people, right. um, and waiting just to see if we're proved wrong. Uh, yep. and, and that's where we go. Otherwise, again, we can find ourselves sinning against God, thinking we're defending the truth, but in reality, um, bearing false witness against someone. And so, uh, we just need to be cautious. You know, sometimes, oftentimes, it's better to say nothing, right? Yeah. I, I think yeah. as we get older, it's, you know, we we learn that more and more, maybe, hopefully. Yeah. Um, but, brothers, so we've talked about the the law, and that's good, and we've been in every episode leaving people with uh, the, the the answer to the question, what is the gospel? Because these things are absolutely important and necessary for those who have come to Christ. In fact, the only ones who can strive to be obedient to these commandments truly are ones who have come to Christ by them dwelling in empowerment of the Holy Spirit. How do people get to that stage? What is the gospel? Well, it's interesting that you ask, because, I mean, Jesus Christ, uh, as we had mentioned, he exactly experienced a false testimony being bore against him. Um, we see this in our heart. We are sinners from the very beginning. We see this in little kids. Um, all of us can relate to being little kids, having lied about something in order to um, gain selfishly. We see this all over the world. We see this in politics. We see this in the media. We see this, unfortunately, even within our own church, within our own families, people doing this. And, and it all just goes to expose the fact that we are unrighteous before God. Um, Romans chapter 3, verses 19 and 20 says, For by the law, no one will be justified, because from the law comes knowledge of sin. So we are all we are all guilty before our holy God. We've all fallen short of his glory. And so we recognize that there is no good works that could ever make up that gap because there is no good works that could suddenly turn our guilt into good. So the only way that uh, we can reverse that problem, the only way out of that issue is through the love of God. Uh, John 3.16, God so loved the world that he's, he gave his only begotten son. And when he says he gave his only begotten son, it wasn't just Jesus Christ coming to the world to show us how to live. It was Jesus Christ coming into the world to willingly go to the cross to die for sins that were committed by all those who had put their faith into him. And so for that three-hour time period when there was no light in the land, there was complete darkness, that was the wrath of God <clears throat> being poured out on his son who knew no sin um, that he would become sin on our behalf, um, so that by that act on the cross of uh, paying for the penalty of that sin, all those who put their faith into Jesus Christ would have their sins forgiven, and they would see receive the righteousness of Jesus Christ himself. And, and that is why Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. That's why the gospel is the only message that can bring salvation, because it is the only one that addresses our problem with sin. And Jesus Christ, uh, when he made himself into a man, he emptied himself, uh, took on the form of a, of a slave, and he humbled himself to the point of obedience, to the point of death, even death on a cross, even with slander and false testimony leading him there. Mm -hmm. He willingly died for us so that he can cleanse us of those exact same sins. So put your faith into Jesus Christ, repent, and by repent, that means you turn away from the ways of the world. You follow after the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, I've had people that ask me, well, how do we know um, how much sin is too much sin? And my answer is simple. Look, you're either following the world or you're following Christ. And the call is to repent, meaning you follow Christ, you put your faith into him, and by doing so, you have eternal life and it can never be taken away. Mm. Amen. Well, we hope this has been helpful to you guys. If you'd like to contact us, our email's in the show notes. Until next time, let the truth be known. The Truth Be Known podcast is a theologically driven, gospel-centered program serving the body of Christ by bringing biblical truth to bear on issues facing the church today. Subscribe to the Truth Be Known podcast by using the podcast app on your Apple or Android device or listen online at strivingforeternity.org in the podcast section.